Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I'm your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, in my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is July the 20th, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, This uh, past weekend, I had a chance to, uh, and I'm late to the party, about five years late to the party, Terminator Genesis. Uh, and I'm just, the name of this episode is, I mean, uh, this segment is reviewing the Terminator franchise. When Terminator Genesis first came out, five years ago i just dismissed it um i seen the girl from the um i don't know the name of that show the, the i forget what it's called that show that used to come on hbo the, the dragon show i don't know what it's called because i don't watch it but i saw her and i kind of dismissed it like this movie's gonna suck but i watched it um saturday and it was pretty good. It was pretty good, man. Um, I would say um, the first five Terminator movies are pretty good. This last one, Terminator Dark Fate, was not that good. Because um, you kind of displaced John. You, you're taking the storyline in a different direction. The first five movies was basically Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Connor. All right. And. Um, and then you just switched it to a whole you just changed the whole storyline. And I understand you have to go in a different direction, but you kept some of the core characters. You, I mean, you basically did a Terminator without John Connor, which is. The first five movies, you didn't do that. But, you know, Terminator 1, which is called the Terminator, I don't think that's the best one. I think Terminator 2 was actually the best one. Then I would say Terminator 1 is number 2. And I would say Terminator Genesis is number 3, man. And then uh, Rise of the Machines number four salvation number five and dark fate number six um i mean this this timeline for this franchise just jumps all over the place man and you just got different ple people playing john connor it's just like the kid from judgment day from terminator 2 judgment day i just felt like he should have been the guy just throughout the whole franchise and you these movies were spaced out in terms of years that he could have been the guy okay when judgment day uh terminator 2 judgment day was done in 91 rise of the machines wasn't um um done until it didn't come out until 2003 so um you know 
I'm trying to look at the the cast here. I mean, obviously he was a a kid when Edward Furlong. And he didn't age gracefully. So maybe that's why he didn't. Maybe that's why he didn't get the part. But he's 42. 43. But yeah, he didn't age gracefully, bro. That's what that was. (laughs) That's exactly what that was, man. But they don't have his height and everything. I'm guessing he's like a. He's 5'7". I guess he was. He he just didn't look the part when he got older. I guess. I don't know. That's what I'm guessing. Maybe they just picked the wrong guy to play John Connor back in 91. That's why they went in a different direction. But the guy from... Uh, Rise of the Machines I mean It was just terrible And then Salvation and Genesis They I mean just It's crazy but Um I just I just ranked the movies for you I think Terminator 2 is probably the best one Out of the franchise in my opinion Then I would say Genesis well how did I I said I said Judgment Day Terminator 1 Genesis, Rise of the Machines, Salvation, and Dark Fate. I think that's what I said at the beginning, but it is what it is, man. Um, I just watched the whole... I didn't watch Terminator 1, but I watched all the other ones uh, over the weekend. So, um, let me know what you think about the Terminator fran- movie franchise. Okay? Um, next segment is entitled, Why Does Race Factor Into Football? Why does race factor into anything is the real question. But but just sticking to the the topic in terms of football, you know, I'm a victim of this. I'm not going to say a victim. I'm a hypocrite because, like I've said before on this podcast, when, when Christian McCaffrey came out, I thought he was just going to be like a scat back. And he's been an every down back. And a very good every down back. And I said that because he was white. I'm not even going to lie. So, I've done this. I was wrong. And, um, you know, he is he is a phenomenal talent. I didn't think the stuff that he did at Stanford would transfer to the league. It did. And he's arguably even better. Um. Because he he could play he could be a starter at wide receiver for any team in the NFL right now he runs he runs routes just as good as any receiver in the league and he has phenomenal hands he runs between the tackles um, he's a phenomenal talent I, I can't say enough good things about the guy I was wrong um, when he first <clears throat> excuse me when he first came into the league um, a radio show was talking about him. And they were saying that he was going to be better than Dalvin Cook. And, you know, me being a Florida State fan, I called into the show. I said, you know, you lost your mind. This guy's a scat back. He can't run between the tackles. He proved me wrong. 
Um, I, I think I think the jury is still out if he's going to be better than Dalvin Cook because Dalvin Cook have finally had an injury-free season. Um, so I'm not ready to say that he's going to be better than Dalvin Cook, but the first, what, three, four years of his career, he has been better than Dalvin Cook. So, um, you know, I don't know when, when, when the black quarterback is out there, he doesn't get as much respect as the white quarterback. Um, I think Russell Wilson, um, is probably the only guy to get that respect that a white quarterback gets. I think he, he, I mean, Michael Vick didn't get the respect from a passing standpoint. Everybody knew he was a phenomenal athletic talent, but nobody was really afraid that Michael Vick was going to come out there and just pick you apart throwing the ball. Okay. And that same thing is happening to Lamar Jackson. Um, Phenomenal athletic talent, but nobody's really scared. If you just said, Lamar Jackson, you can't run. You have to pick us apart throwing the ball. I don't think most defenses are going to be afraid. And that's just that's just the tag that comes along with being a black quarterback. Now, Warren Moon is a Hall of Famer, and he's probably the greatest. I'm talking about quarterbacks today when I say who get that respect that white quarterbacks get. But Warren Moon is probably historically – the, the best drop back black quarterback ever in my opinion because um, he could pick you apart <laughs> okay um, I don't know you know I don't know why race factors into football like that I mean you don't see a lot of white cornerbacks you see some white safety some pretty good ones uh, Harrison Smith for the Vikings he's pretty good um but you don't see a lot of white cornerbacks. You don't see a lot of white wide receivers. Um, you really don't see a lot of white defensive linemen anymore. I mean, when I was coming up, it was tons of them. But, you know, you don't see a lot of white defensive ends, white outside linebackers. I don't know. Um... You know, white guys mainly play quarterback, offensive line, uh, fullback, tight end, and you you some of them do play on the defensive line and are, and are very good. You have some very good white linebackers, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know why. You know what I'm saying? Because my favorite player is Joe Montana, right? Um, I'm a huge Steve Largent fan. Look him up. He's a he was a phenomenal talent when he played in the league uh, for the Seattle Seahawks way back in the day. You know, thirty years ago. <laughs> um, I, I I wish it didn't. I wish a person could just go out there and play whatever position they wanted and just let football dictate if you can play that position or not. It shouldn't be okay. You're white. You can't play corner. Or you're black, you can't play quarterback. You know, or you're black, you can't play center. Um, you know, it's just crazy, man, how this world is. But 
Um, hopefully, I mean, the, 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 the league has slowly moved away from the race thing when it comes to position. So hopefully we can continue in that direction. So let me know what you think about that segment. All right. Florida State stuff now. If the uniforms and logo never change, would Florida State be better off? I don't know. I'm not really a superstitious person. But it just seems like ever since we changed the logo and the numbers and the uniform, we sucked. That first year we made it to the college football playoff, but we got our doors blown off by Oregon. So... I don't know. I, I, I really can't say if it would make a difference. I don't know if what you wear makes a difference when you play football. I know some guys that I played football with in high school were kind of superstitious when, when it came to things like that. I wasn't. It was just like, you know, let's go play, man. It doesn't matter if we wear all white, all maroon, you know, white jerseys. Maroon jerseys, it didn't matter. I was just like, let's just go line up and play. I don't. And, you know, they would just come. I mean, kids was coming with the analytics 25 years ago. Well, when we play this team and we wear this uniform, we're 12 and 0. And I'm just like, where are you getting this stuff from? I was just thinking in my mind way back then, where are you getting this stuff from, man? There's no way that you have access to these disinformation because we didn't say analytics back then it was you know data or information and i just i don't know i don't really think it makes a difference but i know some people in this fan base really hate this new logo and they're glad that we're switching back to the white numbers um i'm glad that we're switching back to the white numbers i wasn't a big fan of the gold numbers just from a historical perspective but not for anything superstitious or anything like that so um let me know what you think about this segment all right next segment is entitled does marvin wilson play too hard and and when i say play too hard i mean you know he would come out there the first half and just I mean, just look like a, a, a first-team All-American. Then in the second half, he's gassed. And it's partly because we had no defensive line rotation. And I don't think – I don't see him playing – I don't see him changing his playing style. But, you know, as a coaching staff, you're going to have to uh, – you're going to have to rotate him out and let him take a breather so he'll have something in the third and fourth quarter. I mean – his effort that he gives in the first and second quarter, if you could bottle that up and give it to the whole team, you know, we'd probably go undefeated and go to the college football playoff. You you can't question effort with Marvin Wilson, at least in the first half. And the only reason why he's not going all out in the second half because he, he gave you everything he got in the first half. So I, I say he plays too hard in the first half, and I'm not – I hate to say he needs to pace himself because that's like kind of saying he's got to take some plays off. Um, And I definitely don't want him to do that, but I do want him to have something left for the fourth quarter. 
because that's when we need him the most. He's our best defensive lineman. And, um, you know, I just hope that uh, this team can really do something this year for him, man, because, you know, he stayed. He, um, you know, he's put in max effort his whole career at Florida State, and I just hope that um, they can send him out on a high note. So let me know what you think about that segment. Last segment for this episode. It will be crazy seeing a empty Doak Campbell Stadium this season. I think uh, a lot of teams in sports are going to experience that feeling, man. And I've done, you know, previous segments or um, things um, aligning with this particular segment um it's just gonna be unreal just to watch like major college football and there's no fans in the stadium it's gonna be crazy to watch any major sports league and there's no fans in the stadium it's gonna be real crazy man because that to me just a fan sitting at home watching it on tv i appreciate the fans even even for the teams that i don't like um you know, um, I just hope that we can get this COVID-19 thing under control, man. And um, not just from for uh, uh, sports, for sports sake, just for humanity. Um, I hope we can get it under control. Um, but, you know, this thing, this thing is going to make us appreciate it. And it's making me appreciate a lot of stuff, man. Just just waking up every day, just being able to, you know, uh, not have any symptoms and just, uh, you know, it just make you appreciate everything. You know, a sports comeback is just going to be even even more, you know, cherries on the top of this this whole fiasco, this whole COVID-19 situation. But um it's definitely going to make me appreciate turning on the game and seeing people in the stadium. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens, man. Um, that's going to conclude this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It's available on YouTube. It's available on all podcast platforms. Um, thank you for listening once again. Please do your research on flu and respiratory viruses. Please wear a mask. Please social distance. Please do do your research on vitamins. And as always, go nose.